Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Games from the Virginia Lottery are here. The Scratcher gives you the chance to win up to $100,000. The online game gives you the chance to win up to $1 million. For more information, visit VALottery.com. It's like I want to start by singing praying, but I know that I shouldn't because you know what? Tick tock on a clock, <laughs> get up on the day. Tick tock, but we never go home because we're drunk. Yeah, drunk in the morning and we're <laughs> fucked up at night. Yeah, I hear your heartbeat to the beat of the drums. Boom, boom. Oh, what a shame that you came here with someone. So while you're here in my arms, let's make the most of the night. Cause we're gonna die young. Too late, guys. Gonna die young. You didn't. I'm sorry to tell you. Yeah, we made it past the age of dying young, unfortunately. No, I'm very happy to still be here doing an episode on Keisha, y'all. I'm such a big fan of Keisha. Oh, yeah, it's Kesha, right? I'm, it is Kesha. I but say, Kesha, you're going to have to deal with it, and Kesha's going to have to deal with it. <laughs> oh, God, everyone's ears <laughs> are going to bleed. I can't. She's had enough trouble. Why do I say Kesha and not Kesha? I don't know. And people go, it's Kesha. And I'm like, it's Kesha. I can't say it. I don't know why. <laughs> but I will say, uh, Die Young, uh, probably my first favorite uh, Kesha song. Ugh, I guess I'll say it right. You got to do probably it, Probably my ben, first Kesha song. Uh, uh, first favorite and my one of my favorite memories I have from my wedding is during the dance part of the reception uh, I had Die Young on the playlist and just kind of spontaneously everyone decided that was the song all the little kids were going to hit the dance floor and dance <laughs> along to and it was one of the funniest most like morbid hilarious moments of my wedding and you know any wedding I've been to I was just dying laughing because all these little kids are just like we're gonna die please <laughs> little toddlers and stuff oh it was so <laughs> fucking funny um but yes uh, it's been so much fun to listen through her discography again i think it's just like a nice tight burst of fun as fuck uh dance and pop music i uh i was you know it was really fun to listen to i've been running again in my neighborhood it was really fun listening to her music while like doing exercise as well and we are who we are came on And, like, I had that awesome moment that music can give you where you get, like, tingles all over your body. Like, I picked up my pace. I was, like, going down, like, a decline. I just fucking started banging it out and just, like, just had this, like, big inspo moment with her music. And I've had so many of those with her because Die Young as well. I've had moments where I was listening to that song and just got, like, tingles all over and just felt like a weird sense of, like, 
uh, overconfidence and power that her music just gives me. Uh, I, I just love her bad girl energy. Like I want that. I love that bad girl energy. Well, I was wondering. I saw you jogging. And I was wondering why you were covered in glitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going. I'm having. I'm going through a phase. You know what I mean? I'm going through a phase right now. I do think that her music is perfect for our transition, not only from like into spring, but into the world of vaccinated people. Yeah. Of things opening again and listening to her music. I'm just like, I'm gonna hit the dance floor. Yes. Oh man, yeah! it's gonna. We're gonna get sick. Totally, and, You're and, gonna get sick. and her music too is such perfect pregame music. It just gets you so hyped to like get hammered at the club or like whatever. See all your friends and, and I, man. I don't know if you guys were into her around when she was coming out. I wasn't really. Me neither. I was. That was when I had just gotten into Los Angeles for the first time, oh, and perfect. so when I was watching her videos this week. I, I did get a bit of an eye twitch because it was just like reliving <laughs> yes. exactly her videos were what my life was at yeah. the time. Um, little upsetting, but you know, <laughs> fun. I I got through it. It was Hell good. Yeah. But, just waking but up, did... hungover in a room full of hot people. Well, yeah, and, I yeah. mean, her, her uh, touring band were some of the people that were always in our circle. So I was like, hey, <laughs> I was getting wasted with Kesha's band but I didn't listen to her at the time <laughs> yeah and, and me neither and you know I it's definitely something in fact that I would would even say maybe have been a turn off back when she was uh, those first couple albums were coming out Animal and Cannibal the EP well because how she was really being pushed was she is just a party girl and and if you're not with it then get fucked and it was a very divisive yeah. her fan base is divisive it is very much like you either love her or you fucking get the fuck oh, out yeah, of my that was definitely like a fandom before it was like as toxic as it is now but she definitely had like her the animals but we'll it get was, into the animals yeah, later it was, it was also yeah it was like this whole aesthetic of like added to pop of this of like trashy white girl essentially yes. which is why I love right? yeah which, which is why like, I love it now and also like perfect because she, you know I'm sure we'll talk about when she her, did her premiere on The Simple Life like that like like yeah like slightly rich slightly trashy blonde was really big yes. at that time oh, and with yeah. the snotty raps and you can go get fucked in the back I'm of the a, yeah it's, I'm a sexy mean girl but I can also rap sort of but not really and then that's um, sort of like obnoxious in its own way yes, and I think back yes. in the day I found that to be a bit of a turnoff and now I find it to be like actually really endearing and I just sort of like love the energy oh, sure, of it it's cute and also oh, sorry I also I just wanted to say I I didn't. I think maybe I didn't jive with her back then because you don't even know how beautiful her voice is because yes. everything was auto tuned in every one of her uh -huh, songs for uh -huh. like five years. And nothing really was like n none of it was until praying until that album. Nothing was really a, a true showcase of her vocal. No, talent. and she's so. I mean, her voice is stunning. I cried. Mm. I well, cried listening. And I think that that is exactly what her people wanted her to be seen as. Mm -hmm. And that is something that we will get into. However, up top, I do want to make mention that everything that goes on between her and Dr. Luke and the things that would require a trigger warning are not going to be discussed in this episode. That will be discussed in next episode when we get into the trial of Kesha and Dr. Luke when we are joined by our friends over at exceedingly persuasive yeah. and we're going to talk the trial guys yeah, but I'm, just I'm so very you know interested to get into that and they've they've, yes. they've got a lot of opinions apparently they have too. lots of opinions about it and, <laughs> and i'm very yeah. curious about that because as an outsider as someone that i have always enjoyed kesha's music looking into her 
arc is amazing. Yeah. Now I am an animal. I will say. Yes, um, I get really, out. I you were an animal before you did this research, <laughs> get Jackie. Out the gloves. Oh, get I'm out ready, the baby. Off get out the glitter. <laughs> I'm ready to go uh, because she has worked for fucking everything that she has ever gotten. Yeah, and she's not even a really a rich girl. Like, no, not no, at all. They, she just comes off like that in the album. Yes, but they I made do, her that. Yes, yes. <laughs> they made her into that. And I think that actually what surprised me the most is everything that I would imagine. I'd heard that she and her mother had a very tight relationship, but in the, everything that I had heard about her childhood, I thought that that was very paradoxical. But then in looking into her childhood, it makes a lot of sense. And as opposed to a lot of people that I feel that have that crazy drive that come from a very toxic lifestyle, it was definitely, I'm sure she's had to talk about it in therapy a couple of times, for sure, but she, it was definitely, she was raised in a very loving way, regardless of how it was seen on the outside. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll go on to see that she and her mother still collaborate. And they write music together and they perform together. In fact, Pebe. I was watching Pebe, PB and um, Kesha perform in 2017 and she will still join her on stage and sing with That's her. Awesome. And I'm sobbing as I'm watching them sing the song that she wrote for Dolly Parton together. And it's beautiful. That's it's so cute. cool. Oh, also, I will say we do have one trigger warning. Uh, uh, eating disorders, y'all. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we will get into that. In I don't what? know why I make it sound like it's fun. It it's does. Not. It's kind of fun. I think it's because of that fun, <laughs> snotty girl energy that we got yes. right now. It's not only going to talk about, but let me later. Uh, yeah. I'm covered in snot. <laughs> but before we get to that point. <laughs> Yeah, I um, I just love her, and I'm excited to get into it. And I've always wanted to know her life story. I saw her recently. I watched her on uh, Whitney Cummings' podcast, and she was just so... She just... I was like, there's a just... You know, as much as she was wearing a necklace of uh, that was made out of a bunch of teeth that her fans sent her. Hell yeah. Uh, at the cool. same time, I was like, this is just like a very normal seeming person I would love to hang out with. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, she's just I mean, surprisingly they down to their earth. teeth. I guess it's fine. Yeah, you know? yeah. Shocking, shockingly down to earth. Um, but let's get into it. Let's get into the life and times of Kesha. Yes. Good job. Kesha, singer, songwriter, rapper. That's right, I'm calling her a rapper and actress oh, that brave. achieved two number one albums in the U.S. with 2010's Animal and 2017's Rainbow. Her career was halted in the mid 2010s due to a legal dispute with her former producer. And we again, we will get into that next week. But let's start in uh, Los Angeles, California, in 1987. It's a good year. That's the year I was born. Oh my oh. god, she has a very different life than mine. Wow, she's your age? Yes. She's also she younger than me. I yep. just always felt like she was older than me. No, no, oh, no. There you yep. go. Just didn't do enough. Didn't live up to my potential. I uh, apologize <laughs> no. to my, uh, my senior yearbook in high school. I apologize. I mean, you'll uh, as we'll get into, uh, that amount of success at that age comes at a price. Yes, that yes. is true, so. actually. So there you go. I'm actually, I was calculated. I did this on purpose, yep. being where I'm at. Yep. Uh, Kesha... <laughs> Rose Siebert is uh, her birth name. Her mother is singer-songwriter uh, who co-wrote the single Old Flames Can't Hold a Han Candle to You, which we just spoke towards as being made popular by Dolly Parton in 1980. She was born with a tail. And she has said about this, it was a tiny tail, about a quarter of an inch. Then they chopped it off and stole my tail. That was when I was little. I'm really sad about that story. And it is kind of almost like a metaphor for her whole career a little Interesting. bit. Interesting. Wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was 
was probably for the best. I feel like isn't that just like a an addition onto your spine that could like yeah. eventually create issues? Probably, it ex- it's an extension of your I think your coccyx bone, gotcha. and it would be you would be like it'd be in the way when you. But like, they sat. took her tail. Well, everybody knows that my coccyx bone is yeah. huge. Her mother struggled. Her mother struggled to support Kesha and Kesha's older brother as a single mother and had to rely on food stamps and welfare to get by at times. Kesha said, one of my first memories was of my mother saying, if you want something at Target, you have to take it. It was a kitty cat stuffed animal. I don't remember if I took it or not. I was about three or four at the time, but I was happy. And Uh, I I think it is adorable that PB was very supportive of her daughter's dreams. Like down to the point that PB was bringing her as an infant on stage with her when she would perform. And at the age of two is when Kesha started saying that she wanted to be a singer and her mother completely supported all of her dreams. And like I said, they were writing music together, but they started writing music together when Kesha was like 12. Yeah. And she said, even like if we were in a fight about my room not being clean, all of a sudden we would leave the bullshit at the door and we would get in a room with a piano and a guitar and write the most sincere, beautiful music. You really can't front when you write with your mom. That's so well, cool. That's all. Can you... I. I think it's the opposite relationship I have with my mother. <laughs> I say him a little bit. Yeah, I definitely not write songs with mama. But how be- it is beautiful, <laughs> but I imagine it was a rough way. I mean, the idea of if you want it, you got to take it. Uh-huh. Is uh-huh. But as a, as a a mother, I could see that being a perfect crime. You you get your kid, your three or four-year-old to steal things. And then if they're caught, you're like, oh, she doesn't understand. It's cute. But this is also why when everyone is at the TSA line screaming because they have to take their kid out of the stroller that's screaming to get because they have to go through the stroller, it's because of the drugs that people hide in the strollers. Mm. And then so that's why. So really? Thanks. <laughs> and I now have to put my coke up my ass. Oh, right. We're not even talking. What is this conversation become? Uh, another really interesting point of Ketch's childhood, I would say, is definitely the lack of her biological father being in her life. Uh, and her mother, through that, instilled in her a concept of being self-sufficient. It Ketch- is crazy, though, because it seems that I'm, yeah, if I'm, I'm picking up what they're putting down, PB wanted a child. And just. And wanted a Pisces. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, Kesha's very open with the fact she said PB decided to have a child. She wanted a Pisces. So she enlisted the help of friends to accomplish the goal. It was more or less planned. And I have so much respect for her. She's amazing, both masculine and feminine, and taught me everything I know. I want to make sure that people know I have so much respect for single mothers and women who go out and have children like that and just do it on their own. I could do it myself one day. Um, it is So then all of this stuff with her dad, which I read so many disputed things of a dude that she lived with that was like, he's like, I'm her father. And so she lived with him and she's like, I don't think that this is my dad. My favorite thing about it is that the reason why she thought that uh, uh, or knew that it wasn't his dad was because he played video games all day, which I take as a personal insult. She said, you know those video game chairs like the guy has in 40-year-old Virgin? You have two of them. I know I do. (laughs) He had one of those. I was like, there was no way that half of my DNA is made up of a guy who has a video game chair and plays it all the time. I take it as a personal offense. You should. (laughs) You absolutely should. And this is coming from a woman that claims that her IQ is genius level. Thank you very much. 
I the, mean, didn't they like? Isn't there provably she almost got a perfect on her SATs? Yeah, I did. saw that fact. I do that... also kind of love. Apparently, she was in the IB program, which was the program Henry. Yeah, and I were yeah. In. IB's again. That's like the super smart. And it does make sense, program. which I always kind of wondered because TikTok is spelled incorrectly. Talk T O K. Theory of knowledge is a class that you take in IB, which oh. the teacher that taught us, it was all about conspiracy theories and things like that. So some cool. do believe that it was a nod to her class that she took in Interesting. IB. Interesting. And then the app took that spelling. And then the they app did. just the took, app it. took it. The did app she, took it. I forget, did she try to sue for that or anything? I and doubt it. It, just, I it seems so. a bit obvious that it came from that pop song. But I imagine way. it would only help her in sales, right? I guess she doesn't need the help. I I TikTok, man, and that's everywhere. Uh, Kesha said she about her mother. She taught me that you don't need anybody else to validate anything. She wanted a child. She had me. She didn't want a man to tell her when and what to do. I think that's badass. She's a strong woman, a total hippie. I've never heard of anybody uh, getting just in specifically nine months before this. <laughs> to have a Pisces. Astrology sign. To have an ast- and I know that Kesha's big like, dick energy right there. Spirituality yeah, does definitely, she definitely uh, enjoys astrology as she does a foundation say, for spirituality. Oh yeah, she says she's obsessed with religion because she got her first kiss at a Nashville megachurch oh, wow. and attended oh, a Catholic high school where the cool kids love Jesus and listen to Switchfoot. <laughs> Homophobia and false piety eventually alienated Kesha from Christianity, and she's since settled on a non-denominational cocktail of meditation, mindfulness, and astrology. She's a proud double Pisces, uses pattern, not co-star, and says Ram Dass's Be Here Now changed her life. This is something that will come back again, too, because largely what she bases a lot of her strength in writing eventually coming out and writing the music she wants to write is a lot due to meditation and um which makes a lot of fucking sense as someone that has been getting more into meditation during the quarantine i think that it really does help mm-hmm. put things uh prioritize things in your mind For sure sure 100 percent uh, you mentioned Nashville uh, just a little while ago. In 1991, PB moves to Nashville after getting a publishing deal for her songwriting. She would bring Kesha to the recording studios and had Kesha singing from an early age in those spaces after noticing her natural talent. So she's getting used to not just songwriting with her mom, but record like working in a recording studio with her mom at such an early age to just just uh, make her a, such a young pro. Uh, she definitely felt like an outcast in high school, a weirdo that would show up in homemade purple velvet pants and purple dyed hair. She was um, a band kid, a band nerd, uh, after my own heart. She played trumpet and later saxophone in the marching band. It uh, was, I love seeing there's some videos of her from high school, and I would have been friends with her 100%. <laughs> yeah. She just looked like, and I'm not sure of her drug usage, but I will say she looked like she would have rolled with us yeah. pretty <laughs> Pretty easily. <laughs> so so her career starts essentially here in her teens while she's in high school. She records some demos. So she's also in a band at this time with her brother, Lagan. And uh, with I PB. Think that's how you say it. It's L-A-G-A-N. I think that's how you say it. Lagan. Lagan, Lagan maybe? Lagan? 
Let's say Lagan. Look, Lagan I'm a, I'm a layman. Better. I'm going to go, go with, with Lagan. Okay, Lagan. With PB, she also writes the song Steven, which you might recognize off of her first album, Animal. And it's a really fun song. I, I really enjoy this one. Uh, she writes this at the age of 16. It has this country music influence, and it's about a boy that just won't call her. Kesha has said, I wrote it about this guy that I've been stalking since I was like 15, but he's a total loser. So I don't want to glorify him in any way, which is such a high school opinion about it. It's such like an 18 year old's opinion opinion about the person they had a crush on two years before yeah, that. Yeah, totally. So funny. So she decides to leave high school early. She moves back to Los Angeles to pursue her music career. This and- is crazy, though, because at this point in time, so she drops out of high school, even though she was accepted into Barnard uh, for music and dropped out of high school. This is where Dr. Luke does come in because he is the one that influenced her to move to LA at this time period. But what was she doing? She was living in her grandfather's Lincoln Continental. Yeah. She's like, I lived in it for like weeks, I parked <laughs> it at the beach because I didn't have an apartment. It was really roomy, spacious, comfortable. I can't complain. And she's amazing. Yeah, she talks about how <laughs> she, she was like- a positive of almost anything. And if there is something that I'm really taking from Kesha, yeah. is that she has been given a lot of shit. And she is so- positive and she struggles with her positivity and that shows and I it makes I'm so endeared to her I I love love it and I love that she's also one of those people that I can't even claim to be where she's like I was poor as fuck I had a great time in life then and I'm rich now and I'm having a good time in life now and like honestly sometimes I miss elements of those days you know what I mean whereas with me I'm like ew a car I can't live in the the that (laughs) yes um, and then you so. watch Nomadland, which is, I'm not going to start talking about it right now, but. It's pretty. And then you go, when you watch good. Nomadland. Yeah, you watch Nomadland, you're just like, ew. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> that's the takeaway. That's not, that's the, that's takeaway. not the takeaway. It's called Umadland. <laughs> ew. 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 That's a terrible title. So, yes, Dr. Luke, I'll just say uh, to briefly talk about him because he's evil and he's oh, bad. Wait. Before we get there. Oh, okay, yeah. This is also the time period. <laughs> this is also the time period which I think is very fun that she notoriously broke into Prince's Beverly Hills oh, mansion. How can I forget? Yeah, with the purple dumpster in the back. That she is straight up because thirsty for it. Like this is the thirst that does get you in front of people. Unfortunately, it was in front of the wrong people, but she straight up broke into she went up to the security guard she was like trying to break in the security guard comes over to her and was like what are you doing she's like I was breaking in because I wanted to give Prince my demo tape and the security guard laughed opened up the gate and was like you can just leave it if you want like I I mean he's not here and she's like okay so she like goes inside looks around and then like the security guard is with her so she like puts down the thing with a note on it and later on she's like I might issue a formal apology <laughs> and like try and pull him up on stages before he died and make him dance with me I'd want to say sorry if you think I'm crazy I'm not I'm just ambitious and um, yeah. I do love it is a very it seems a very Kesha move to be like just straight up not lying about it like I was breaking in so that I could give him my demo tape <laughs> I do I do think that the those moments in life where you are, say, living in a car, you kind of can get a perspective of just being like, well, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, this is technically, quote unquote, uh, like a rock bottom for some. Whereas some, for some people, it's like, well, I didn't even have a car to live in. You know, living yeah. in your car is definitely a, it, you know, as someone that has slept in my car mm-hmm. many times or has yeah. definitely um, woken up in a car many times with the keys under 
the car, oh, not please. inside of oh, the car please. because everybody, you could be arrested for a DUI. Everybody but... knows that Jewel was the first person to ever sleep in their You're car. You're right. Oh, she Jewel. is. Oh, and her hands are so small, but we're not talking about those small hands I, I right now. I would worry about Jewel in a car. She's very frail. Oh, yeah. she is. We will be, na- uh, in a couple weeks too, we will be doing an episode on Jewel's car. No, we're not. <laughs> Just the car. <laughs> Um, and then the car said, man, she had tiny hands. <laughs> oh, fuck that car Love wrote that, that song, just so you know. <laughs> so, yes, Luke, Lucas Sebastian Gottwald, he got his start on Saturday Night Live uh, in the band as a lead guitarist in 1997 and played on the show for a decade. He met producer Max Martin, uh, producer on songs like Baby One More Time. Uh, we definitely talked about Max Martin, um, and uh, he was actually DJing a house party. Max Martin took him under his wing, which is so fascinating because, of course, Baby One More Time, and we talked about how this was this kind of fucked up song yeah. about like sexy baby and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so interesting pedigree there. Lucas started two music publishing companies during this time. He was behind a number of hits, especially Since You've Been Gone. I, I can't breathe us. for the first time. Such, that is such a good song. Oh, we are going oh, yeah. to do Kelly Clarkson. Oh, of course. Of I stun her. If anything, just because from Justin to Kelly yeah. oh, is a movie. Oh, that yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, and then, oh, that might have to be a Twitch watch after we're done with Twilight. Okay. Yes. Also, who knew for Pink and a Girlfriend for Avril Lavigne. So a uh, bit of a hit maker there. Dr. Luke was looking for more artists to produce hits for and got that Kesha demo. And it had a country ballad she wrote herself and a trip hop track that stood out as she actually did that white girl rap stuff uh at the at the end of it she said like i'm a white girl from the ville nashville bitch uh uh which is apparently weird. was what she did i and- do love dr luke did say <laughs> i thought her voice was distinctive and i fell in love with her personality she had the same sass and irreverence she has now so i imagine again he just listened to her her tape and was like yeah you should come here. I could suck out this child's essence and use it. <laughs> and he certainly did. But I do think that that is something that you do learn young in this industry is that just because someone says, yeah, come out, I will show you the world, that they ain't all that allowed. They're not, not allowed. They're not a genie. Yes. Uh, and uh, yeah, I will say, though, if uh, I did like this quote, even though it's not necessarily from the best source, but about. Standing out as an artist when you're trying to break through. He said, that's when I was like, after hearing that rap at the end, she said, that's when I was like, okay, I like this girl's personality. When you're listening to 100 CDs, that kind of bravado and chutzpah stand out. And that is just to say, even though I don't want to necessarily impress this guy, but I think it is important to think about, like, how do I not just do what every, like, Mm -hmm. how do I, like, envision a world where I'm putting a demo tape in with a hundred other demo tapes. Right. Yeah. And that's the, I think when she was mentioning at some point that she didn't really fit in because she was, she was dyeing her hair and stuff in, in a world of very conformative people. Mm-hmm. And that usually Especially is for pop music at yeah. this time period. Yeah, for sure. And that sort of alienation sometimes is what you need to succeed because you're not doing exactly the same thing everybody else is doing. Totally. So it might make you feel like a weirdo at the time, but then that's what you need to suddenly you're a tastemaker, you know? <laughs> and unfortunately, yeah. Dr. Luke was 
is very talented and he is good at spying young talent and especially young talent that he can mold and do with what he will. And I do, I, this is not getting into it, but I just thought it was so funny that someone that wouldn't even want to be kept anonymous that has worked with him for a very long time was like, Luke is a terrible person. He's very talented, obviously. He's a guitar player interested in pop beats. Wait, who said that? This is a, a top music manager that has worked with him for a long time. Great. He said, but he's diabolical. No one likes dealing with him. He'll do anything to fuck over everyone. This thing with Kesha is a perfect example. He could have let her out of the deal a year ago. Her career was already on its downside, but he's such an asshole, he just wouldn't do it. <laughs> and this is something that he has done to multiple people, uh-huh. but again, this he's does still set working it up. Though. He just did like didn't he do no, like he's a, still, oh, he's a Doja Cat? He's doing like Doja yeah. Cat. I stuff. mean, unfortunately, not to armchair therapist, but he's probably some form of you know borderline or, or sociopathic in the sense that he can just he'll just crush. He'll just he doesn't have any guilt about right. what he does, but that makes him successful. You know. Which is going to be interesting. Yes. This is this is like a little, almost a little precursor for next week. But I am already like so ready to get into this. I mean, as tra- as upsetting as it's going to be, this is going to be a fascinating. It- and trial. it's it's an interesting thing to get into as a way to when something that I love that Kesha says time and time again when people are like people everyone wants to be Kesha. What do you say? What's your first piece of advice? She's like, get a good lawyer. Yeah. Make sure no no matter before you sign any contracts, yeah. no matter how little money you have, yeah. you get a lawyer. This is the hard thing about show business, though, and and because other you don't have any money. But at yeah, twenty one year old, if someone start, said get not a only, lawyer, not only do you, do you not have any money, but like there's this weird transition phase where you go from like I'll do anything to be able to just do what I love for a living or get famous, or whatever the fuck you're trying to do. And and then there's this port point where you hold back. You go whoa whoa whoa. Now you're gonna take it to into a bad place. And it's like well, that it's desperation like, gets you in trouble. Yes, because and, and that then go getter attitude gets you in gets trouble. gets you in trouble. Like in 2008 with Right Round, which we're about to talk about, uh-huh. where yeah, essentially what the fuck is the same kind of thing like a Phil Spector, where they just. It's like it's like a little. I'm sorry, another Disney reference. It's like a Little Mermaid thing. Yeah, they just take her voice and don't give her any fucking money for it. That was a crazy you're thirsty rev- for it. That was a yeah. crazy revelation because that's a huge hit. So yes, Kesha signed to Luke's label Kimusabi Records at the age of 18. It's owned by Sony Music Entertainment and Luke's publishing company Prescription Songs. And in 2008, Dr. Luke got up with the rapper Flo Rida. Hey, I don't know much of his work. I mean, that song's. <laughs> That song's a bop. That's a great it's a bop song, bro. I almost can. I can almost say that this is a, like a more healthy version of getting your intro into the music world because at least with this, she did you know just the the chorus backups. Yeah, and then her voice is out there. That gets her in a lot of doors and gives her a lot of power. She doesn't have to go to a win, win a rainbow party. Yeah, but or also something at the same like time, exactly. she's already owned by Doctor Luke, so it yeah. doesn't even matter. So that shit, like that part's the way worse to me. If it was just a pure, I'm young. You maybe not are gonna like pay me for this, but then I can access these other things. That's way more cool in my opinion than signing off all of your right. rights to everything you do for like the next 10 years to right. some piece of shit. And then shit. having to re-record all of your albums. Yeah, I understand uh, you're making reference to Taylor Swift right now, but that's fine. We'll get to her later, <sighs> Natalie. We're not there yet, okay? We're talking about cash out, please. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... 
Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 911, what's your emergency? I can't find Captain Nash and his wife's cruise ship. Tonight, 911 comes to ABC. If we're going to make it out of here, we got to work together. Tonight at 9 on ABC, followed by 7 News at 11. She was hired to fix DC's 911 problems. It was the worst I'd ever seen. But instead says she was fired for exposing the failures. The blame belongs in leadership. Now the I-team digs into what fueled the mayor's decision. Tonight on 7 News at 5. So, uh, yes, she does the chorus hook on You Spin Me Around Like a Record, uh, originally done by the band Dead or Alive. They uh, used that sample in the 1984 song. They need a female singer, so they bring her in. And uh, at that time, she's making do as a waitress. She is just desperately trying to break in. It just made me think of 20 Feet from Stardom with Darlene Love because I've got this quote. She said, I would hear my voice everywhere. I'd walk into a movie Mm. and it would be playing. I'd walk into a Walgreens. The grocery store was playing at a time when I didn't even have enough money to buy my groceries in like Mm -hmm. a dollar store. That's got to be insane. And uh, yeah, she actually and that's why it's kind of funny to think about it now because I don't think anyone realizes this. She added that dollar sign to her name around this time when she was broke as fuck. Yes. That's an ironic as, yes. gesture. She came from no money. And even though, like, she came up in, you know, with her mother being a singer songwriter. Again, and- a singer songwriter. And you have to remember that. Uh, the, uh, people that are singer songwriters, a lot of times, if you don't make it, get abused because yeah. they it, their their talent is sucked from mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Oft times, of course, there are people that that doesn't happen to, but a lot more times than not, people are used for what they do and don't get paid a lot of money or yeah. don't get paid royalties. And it sounds like her mom, you know, her mom got a publishing deal in Nashville, which is great, but you know, those come and go. I don't think she had very steady work. So again, yeah, not coming from a ton it's of money. Gig work, which yeah. all of us are very accustomed to. It's not forever, and you don't know how long you're going to have money for. She yeah. also appeared in Katy Perry's I Kissed a Girl video. They I were did watch that this week, too, and I spotted her. Oh, so yeah. it was this really fun, I feel like, phase in pop music where it was all these like <laughs> shitty like bad girls, like L- Lily Allen in Britain, you've got Katy Perry, and you've got Kesha in a second here, and they're all essentially just like, Fuck guys, we're, we get drunk, we don't give a shit, we use men like men have been using us for the past several decades. I will say, I got up on that ideology at this time period um, for a bit <laughs> I mean, of time. For real, at the time, it was really relevant. Now I think the song would come across as like a little bit, um, as we're addressing all of these different things. It's aggressive. Like, aggressive in a way, yeah, but during this time period, there was... It was so bro heavy, and yeah. it makes sense that she would be like, they came you're going to talk like this. It. I'll fucking talk about punching you in the dick. Right, right, you know? right. Kiss with a fist, even from uh, Florence and the Machine. You had, uh, oh, who was another one I had just thought of? But yeah, it was a lot of like, we're girls, we're going to kiss other girls, we don't, we're going to talk about guys like their objects for once, yeah. and uh, yeah, all that kind of stuff. Because I think, I remember one of um Lily Allen songs is about like a guy who like couldn't get it up. And so she's like, fuck off. Or like his dick was too small or something like that. She was really rough. She made me feel bad. uh, Her songs. But. uh, (laughs) Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, that's okay. I got a pump and we're good. Uh, But uh, yeah, she also did background vocals for the song Lace and Leather performed by Britney Spears. And a guy named David Sonnenberg 
talking about Kesha, of course, going back to her. Signed on to be her manager, uh, D, uh, DAS Communications, Inc., and managed to almost get her over at Warner Brothers. She ends up dropping DAS around this time. Dr. Luke pulls her into that recording session, and uh, then she goes on to, you know, not get credited, but she, quote, as she said, quote, you've got to pay some dues. And Because uh, even with that, that she could be like, fuck all that shit and she's not she's like i had to pay dues i mean i was broke but you know i kept going and it's just that positive attitude that makes me love her uh yeah and i love this quote from her about essentially her approach to pop especially at this time what i'm bringing to the pop table is that i'm not pretentious i'm fighting this war against all that because pop music in my opinion should be fun one of the most important things in the world is having the ability to turn someone's mood from mediocre to excellent in three minutes it's like a fucking magic trick and I love that. And it's so true. And that is exactly what some of her songs can even do for me, can just like bring my mood out in such a great way. And I think that that's why maybe people really connect, kids at that age connected to her because they felt she was genuine. It didn't feel like a rich girl was coming in and just like talking down to them. She was like, yeah, I'm also a trash person. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I think is great. Yeah, so so and it, at least the dues were were paid uh and she did it did open the door right round did to her signing a multi-album deal with RCA Records. Uh she liked the A&R executive over at RCA. She went with them because the AR exec was a lady named Ronnie Hancock and she said that Ronnie doesn't ever try to censor me and I like being surrounded by strong intelligent women. And so they soon record the song blah 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 and that's when she started doing the whole talk rapping in a blondie-esque sort of way. That one is very thing. specifically a lot of like punching dicks. And yes. Slapping. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and I do think it's fun because we were, now she's starting to work on Animal. And with Animal, she scored three top 10 singles, all of which she co wrote. And the current one at the time of this interview, Your Love is My Drug, she had written with her yeah, mother. Yeah, yes. Which is awesome that she's wrote she's writing these hits with her mom. She said she helped complete my thoughts. She's an incredible songwriter. Her and I are best friends. I'm just really honest with her, as I am with the entirety of the world at this point. And what she's doing, she says, is all in good fun. My intention is to make people happy and give them a momentary escape from reality. Yeah. And I feel that that is a fun perspective of making party music yeah yeah and that is what she but that is what she her intention was that even though as time went on she wanted to say more with her music at this point she was like i'm i want to have fun i wanted to let like women know that it's cool and okay for them to have fun and like embrace a party lifestyle i really feel like i would have liked her music more at the time if they just would have let her use her actual voice a little bit but she wanted to. I know. And that's the worst part. Of she course, really wanted to. Around this time, she also writes the song, See That Dick, I'm Gonna Punch It, which ended up going number five. She loved that one. She, of course, that was about how she punched a dick on the street one day. And, um, and the she, man was like, why did you do this to me? That's assault. That's assault. I'm gonna call the cops. And she I said, but where's a pepper? She was just like, ha ha ha. Just like threw glitter in his face and ran away. Uh, she was a bit of a Batman villain for a little while there. They called her the Glitter Queen. And she would just show up. Blind people oh with God, glitter, can punch I them in the be dick. The glitter queen, <laughs> please. Uh, so yeah, she uh, she's got, and also this is the other thing about her that now we're going to hit on. That's really goes runs through her whole career. She's a prolific writer. She's not just 
writing this stuff in the studio. She had six years worth of material she'd been working on. She brought in 200 songs. <laughs> That she had written, uh, and yeah, she made it at a point to write songs over the years that reflected her own experience. Kesha said, I just write about what I live, literally. I think there's a great pop song in anything and everything, any situation. Well, and I think what really adds to her um, her songwriting and why she is as prolific as she is, is that she is a true lover of all music. Sure. And I think that that is something that some artists are missing, where it's not that she's just into pop. She's way into country. She's way into rap. She's, like, obsessed with the Velvet Underground she and said blues her, and She punk. said her favorite album is Nashville Skyline by yes. Bob Dylan. Um, and like you know. you're about to say, that this album is an homage to License to Ill by the Beastie Boys. Which makes Boys. sense. It's big party, but it's also tongue-in-cheek. Like, yes. nothing yeah. serious. That's you know what, what she mean? said about it. She's like, that record, it's so fun and you Youthful, but it's dangerous at the same time mm-hmm. and just makes you want to get crazy in like the nihilistic. funnest way possible. Yeah, it's yeah. a little yes. bit like, yeah, like we're going to die young. <laughs> yeah. Or like um, find Batman, get him. Yeah, you know, get that's a great one. <laughs> that's uh, that, of course, of yeah, that fucking bastard. That's the dick I want to punch the most, <laughs> the most in all the world. The most punchable dick, of course, was about Batman. Beautiful uh, love song almost, if you look at it a certain way. She uh, also, this is around the time she writes. Might, what might actually be her, I think it is her number one song like on Spotify and stuff with TikTok and it's undeniably like one of the funnest pop songs ever written. It's definitely an earworm. Also, listen sure. to Kesha. There is a lot of Kesha's music that I didn't even know was Kesha. I'm just like, oh, I, yeah. I don't know if I'm that familiar with it. And as I'm listening to every album, I was like, know that one, know that one, totally. know that one. Damn, they are these earworms that especially... I don't want to say especially, but in New York, where like everywhere you go, there's always music playing somewhere that it is almost like a soundtrack of a movie. I feel like I heard her music Mm -hmm. everywhere for years. And I think it was probably also on a lot of TV shows and stuff in the background of like high school parties. But about TikTok, she said, I thought it kind of sucked, but (laughs) everyone else liked it. I don't love it personally. It's the beaches effect. It's the wind beneath my wings effect. Yeah, whatever, Natalie. You're dead to me. I have a question actually about your head, though. (laughs) That in that music video, when she wakes up in that tub yeah. and she walks down and the family's there, is that supposed to be her family? No, I think that she woke up in someone else's tub. How did she get into this family? The window. Home? <laughs> oh, okay. She just found a nice house mm-hmm. and she broke in and slept. Mm-hmm. I, I okay, will okay, say okay. I I could imagine, and I it Got never it. happened to me, but I'm actually kind of surprised it never did. I imagine sneaking into your home as someone that used to have to sneak into my home a lot, but imagine being so fucked that you sneak sneaked into the wrong home. And I imagine that is what is happening. And I she did it. have a similar experience. She woke up surrounded by beautiful women. She imagined P. Diddy being in a similar situation. Uh, she did also puke in Paris Hilton's shoes at her house party yes. one night. Just a little side Let's note. Let's talk about her in Paris. Yes. <laughs> because she was on, technically her first her de- debut, debut was on The Simple Life. And PB had signed them up for... Paris and Nicole Richie to come to the house. So on Simple Life, they were like the like normal broke family that they went to go and visit. And um, this was at the time period of our storyline. This is when she threw up in Paris Hilton's closet. She said, I was 17. I thought it was a bathroom. I was dancing too hard and it <laughs> turned out to be her closet. And then she later turned her experience into an unreleased song titled Paris Hilton's Closet. 
<laughs> when asked about her and Paris Hilton's relationship, she said, we are not friends. We've just been connected on one too many places and levels. Weird. I don't have anything against Paris. I think she's really nice. We're just very different. She said, we never had a fight. She's just very materialistic and a label queen that I am not. We're just very different. We come from opposite ends of the spectrum. I grew up in the valley, broke, running around barefoot, and moved to Nashville and played music and really poured my heart out. And very Paris different. is a vapid. No. But I do think she's <laughs> very said different. This, though, <laughs> but she also said this because Kesha sang backup on Paris Hilton's 2006 oh, cool. CD. Yeah. So 2006 Paris Hilton is very different from 2021 Absolutely. Paris Hilton. And they were just young and very, I mean, they were they grew up incredibly different at the yeah. time. Yes. I bet you now they could probably like, you know, hang uh, out yeah. and have fun. They both, they both come forward with their trauma. You know, I yes. think they totally. could a lot I actually lot do better. think that they could have a conversation know, right? about yeah. it. <laughs> Seriously, um, I, would, and I would fucking watch that. And um, this is really when Dr. Luke, on this album, starts to really control Kesha. She said, I remember specifically him saying, make it more dumb, make it more stupid, make it more simple, just dumb. I was like, okay, boys try to touch my junk, gonna get crunk, everybody getting drunk or whatever. And he was like, perfect. <laughs> I mean, that says a lot about what he thinks of the audience. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, I'm not going to get into um, some of the other things that he was saying about what he thinks that all women are useful for but um that'll be next episode yeah we'll get into next episode guess what they're useful for it's not what you would like (laughs) (laughs) i doctors yeah yeah yeah. yes it is yeah it's getting into the stem um (laughs) careers cool so so they're useful as podcast hosts and podcast hosts only okay only I'm just talking about my own personal experience. <laughs> um, You're uh, such a Dr. Holden right now. Oh, yeah. no. uh, it's Dr. Holden. I'm sorry, I Please. forgot. Softcore. Ugh, come on. <laughs> so TikTok wasn't a smash hit right away, but it slowly gains traction worldwide. It leads up to the release of Animal in January 2010, and it's followed by the singles Blah, 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 Your Love is My Drug, and Take It Off. And uh, she's actually starting out. I always love these situations. You're like, oh, my God, that would have been an amazing show. Right. She starts off as a supporting act for Rihanna's Last Girl on Earth tour. So that would have just been, like, amazing. I do love it, too. She refers to Beyonce and Rihanna having big dick energy of all the queens. (laughs) She said, Rihanna went on tour with her, and she would not walk out of her bus without five-inch heels on. I was like, fuck. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine though opening for Rihanna? I was like, I'm not even there. I don't know. That's amazing. So yeah, and then she ends up like really quickly releasing Cannibal. This was dubbed as a companion piece to the EP, uh, and it has "We Are Who We Are," which I think is an even better um, uh, song. I think it's just like I said. I had my moment on my jog, which was fun, right? And um, I started punching my own penis. Like, As I you got should. so excited. It is it is like a meat wad down there. It's not even, you can't even, you wouldn't even point it and Ooh, be like, that's yeah. a man's I penis. say, oh, is that a chopped meat? No, that's Holden's that's, dick. Yeah, is that a- he already got the kid in there, you know? Mm-hmm. Is that a shank? <laughs> Ew. Um, Ew. Braise it. <laughs> I say braise it, put some oh, liquid on it. Can we stop oh. talking about my penis for five <laughs> seconds Lord. this episode? I just feel like everyone's clamored for it these days. After we watched Bad Trip last night, which has a lot of we, penis trauma, we in started it. it. Yeah, it's, it's hilarious. It's pretty fun. Uh, there you go. Bad Trip on Netflix, not sponsored by on the show. No, but, no, but people we like and, and <laughs> yeah, are, are yes. friends with 
pasted stuff on it. There you go. So there you go. Uh, Kesha said about Cannibal, the songs in Cannibal were made to inspire people to ignore any hate or judgment and be themselves unapologetic. Like what she would do, because this is, I mean, she was always really into glitter, but this is around the time period that she has stated on multiple occasions that before I always went on stage, I would pour beer on my body, then roll in a bathtub full of glitter. I don't do that anymore because it irritated my skin. I imagine <laughs> it wouldn't, I imagine it would cause some problems. Yes, yes, oh, yes. So oh, messy. Glitter is a, I, I look at glitter so differently now. It's like such a nightmare to me. It is. I mean, I love glitter See, silver. but now yeah. they make good glitter yeah. so it doesn't get everywhere. That's and good. I do love that as her interviews go on in time, she used to apparently wear a lot more glitter to interviews and stuff, but she got in trouble so many times that now she just like wears pajamas. She's like, if I dress up, I'm going to get glitter everywhere and I don't want to <laughs> do that to you. <laughs> Everyone hates it. She can't not be covered in glitter, which again, makes me love her more. Love it. Uh, I also just, I really really need to see her live I really I have a bit of FOMO about not seeing her during oh those like God. pure party girl year especially live shows especially the Get Sleazy yeah, Tour yeah Get Sleazy Tour her explaining she said so at this point in time she's like I've been on this Iggy pop kick he's just so inspiring to watch as a performer yes. I'm trying to do something like that minus the heroin and the yes. stabbing and myself the, the part stab, yeah and the cutting <laughs> And she's like, my theme for Get Sleazy Tour is to bring the planet on an epic dance party. That's my mentality with this tour. Party as hard as we can and make it as infectious as possible. It's unlike anything anyone else in pop music is doing. I want it to be presented as basement rave-ups, is what she said. Yeah. To achieve this look, the singer worked with the creative team responsible for Daft Punk's concerts. The look is described as Mad Max and intergalactic spaceship Combined. <laughs> I need it. I wish. I. Yeah. The only thing is, I think probably the sh- the the concert would be mostly fifteen year old girls, which would be really annoying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I could get drunk. You get fifteen yeah. year old girl drunk though, is what you do, and then you don't. But care. don't get a fifteen year old no, 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 girl no, you drunk. Get I'm saying you yourself drunk. get as drunk as a fifteen year old. Yeah, girl. I just want to be in a, like a sup. I hope there's a cage for the adults somewhere. Oh, I puked on my hands. You know, I want to be like doing that. I puked on my like asking someone to help, like the thing they can't help, like. Can go to the bathroom. My hair. Yeah. Go to the bathroom. Like, what are you doing? I puked on my hands. Uh, I tell you in the wind. But either way, <laughs> while she's on the Get Sleazy tour, she started writing songs for her second album, which was slated to drop in 2011. I just made a Nell reference. I forget that people don't understand that. Uh, Jody Foster was in a movie it. called I Nell. I made a reference to it. I should probably explain what I do it because I know it so well. Don't but worry other about people it. are it's like, right. what was Hey Tay in the fucking wind, Holden? What do they even mean, bro? I think, I, I think most people probably know of your trauma from Probably at yes. this point. Ugh, Jennifer, I loved you, girl. Uh, she ended up taking a little hiatus, though, uh, after the tour. She was hired by the Humane Society to be their first global ambassador and made a documentary for National Geographic, is- which dealt in animal abuse and helping animals on the verge of going extinct. Huge in animal rights projects. It's crazy. She is like she has been awarded multiple um awards like the Humane Society when they gave her the Voice for the Animal awards. It's she has many awards for helping animals. She even like all of these I just like have a list of things. She's part of the cruelty-free campaign. Kesha called on the EU to carry out a ban on the sale of cosmetics tested on animals and avid diver Kesha supports national and global movements to ban the trade and sale of shark fins. Kesha called for an end to Canada's annual slaughter of baby seals and supported HSI's Canadian seafood boycott. 
Kesha has seen the hardships of street dogs firsthand and filmed a PSA, bringing awareness to the issue. She uses a lot of her money to fund different animal rights programs. And that is something that she also, like, you have to really look into it because she's open about the fact of, like, she never wears real fur. She it will definitely talk about it. But I love it, too, that she's not shoving it down everyone's gullet every second. Yeah, it's not like her brand I never felt was that. You know no, what I mean? No, but it's amazing. It's just something she's passionate about. Yes. Yeah. I and think so far too often they make it their brand and yes. make it like a thing. And yes. you're like, well, it's just, you know. It cheapens it a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. So she's, yes, the album, the next album is Warrior. And the title is about sending a positive message that everyone has a warrior within them. Kesha said, I have a lot of gay and lesbian and transgender fans. And I heard a lot of stories on Twitter and around the world about how they have have to struggle with bullying and things like that. There's a gay suicide epidemic. So that was inspired by hearing my fans' stories and wanting to give them back the strength to be a warrior. It's a strong word. That's the energy of the record. Strong, fearless power. I wanted to hopefully inspire my fans with it. And this is, is around the time, too. So it was after Animal and then with the inclusion of Warrior that the fan base starts calling themselves the Animals. And crazily enough, they are one of the reasons that Kesha had the spirit to publicly go after Dr. Luke because before Hashtag Free Britney, there was Hashtag Free Kesha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, a fan says about it, you can be a victim or you can be a warrior. The Animal fan fan base lives by the way of Kesha. We're a cult of rabid misfits that love to party and have fun. Although we may seem crazy, we're actually really nice. We spread love to everyone on earth as Kesha has taught us to do. No matter what type of person you are, animals are willing to accept you, as long as you don't cross All us. right, let me ask you a legit question. Who wins in a battle? The animals or the, or the little monsters? monsters? I knew you were going to oh, say it. Oh, man. Um... Ooh. And I, I honestly, say- at the end of the day, it, it ends up being the YouTube viral video is somebody making it like a thing that is the animals versus little monsters versus the Bayhive versus the Swifties. And you put it all like out uh, there. But like what that. about the Lamley? And See, the, the Lamley of Mariah Carey. The Battle of the Five Armies. And we'll call it the Battle good. of the Five Armies. But, the but Lamley let's, would win. I think the Lamley would win. Let's simplify it to Are just. Are we just excluding the Believers? Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> They're on Oxy up well, on the mountain. We definitely need to take BTS Army out because they will they will crush everyone. BTS Army could take all of yeah. those. Yeah, 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 we're not even yeah, dealing yeah. with oh, K-pop. Yes. No, K-pop. K-pop yes. is no. its own nightmare yes. universe of of uh, if we're talking well, about superhero think, universe. I think if the animals and the monsters came in battle, like in uh, what's it called? Lord of the Rings. No, it's the one with the guy who's canceled. Face off. No. Uh, <laughs> I just named a random Freedom. movie. Freedom. You'll know oh, Braveheart. 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 So if they came at each other like in Braveheart, <laughs> I think when they smashed together, they would just turn into rainbows. Yeah, and they would this glitter explosion. Yeah. That would be awesome. <laughs> Someone wants to go viral, just take that concept and yeah, run with it. Yeah, go viral. Uh, but <laughs> either way, uh, going back to Warrior, I didn't know this. She was working with Wayne Coyne a lot uh, from the Flaming Lips. Oh my God. Are I we going to talk about Lip Shop? I love the... The Flaming Lips, and I'm, is Lipsha, yeah, let's talk about Lipsha, because I don't want to start speculating about it before we talk about it, but yes, he he heard Kesha was a fan, he reached out to work together, Coin said, I'm helping with some lyrics here and there, she's really a great songwriter, she has an easy way with things, I've worked with a lot of people that are very uptight about how they do their music, but she's very fun, so I don't really have any reservations about whether I don't like her music, I like her, and she likes us, so fuck it, I'm not too worried about it. 
And uh, yeah, she also collaborated with Ben Folds and Iggy Pop. Well, on April 4th, 2013, the Lips lead singer Wayne Coyd announced that they would be releasing an album together entitled Lipsha <sighs> with the dollar sign in it in an interview. In the interview, they discussed working with Kesha and Wayne Coyne said, she's a blast on all levels. She's funny. She's humble. She's badass. She's everything. She's awesome. We're actually already working on an album with her. It's called Lipsha. So in September 2013, Coyne reconfirmed that the album is still happening. It has all been recorded. In November 2013, Coyne tweeted that the album will not be released, much to his dismay. On May 4th, 2014, Coyne tweeted that the album was going to be released after Kesha worked out her situation with Dr. Luke. He says, I don't really know the situation, only they do. I hope it works out. I don't know Dr. Luke at all, but when Kesha and I speak, I know that there's some anxiety about the relationship. Hmm. I think she would like to have the freedom to do more things in that spirit, where it's not, again, I don't know their situation, but where it's not producers producing her. She could produce herself. That's probably what she's wanting to happen with her own career. I love Kesha. She's great. And I will say I did find Lipsha. There are some there are some tracks of it that was put on SoundCloud and it's weird. It's, and yeah. it's fucking awesome. Cool. Cause I know I love that about Wayne Coyne. Like he did that collaboration. I mean, that album is like ridiculous and kind of not great, but she did he did that collaboration with uh Miley Cyrus, which well, is and that's cool. why he moved from working with Kesha to Miley Cyrus because he really liked the idea of working with idolized pop yeah. queens of the time yeah. to get like a different essence from them. Yeah. And he loved what he was doing with Kesha. So I imagine after the Dr. Luke stuff is done, I imagine they will continue to work on things more because apparently the whole album came out of like two days of them just like in the living room, like Kesha and the Flaming Lips, just like making music. Yeah, uh, and that's no cool. hate on fucking Miley, by the way. No, no no no, 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 no. I even no, no. really like. I was one of the only people who was like, I kind of love this for what it is. When that album, her uh, Fwins or whatever yeah. it is, yeah, yeah, that that album was pretty interesting to me. But but going back to. Um, Going back to Warrior, she also, like I said, worked with Ben Folds, Iggy Pop, Julian Casablancas. I saw some, uh, we're going to talk about a little mini doc in a little bit about Rainbow, and there's some footage in there of her working with Ben Folds, which is really cool to see, and their their collaborate, collaborative works, works uh, collaborative work situation, and uh, she does seem like a really fun uh, person yes, to write a I will song say, with. I, uh, uh, sorry, I don't know if this is the right place to even say this, but I was just earlier thinking about the people who I was in... Um, this my circle with who were in her touring band absolutely adored her by the way um, Hell yeah they loved her they never had anything bad to say about her and they were very protective of her and i think they could even gauge at this time she was because i was about to ask did you attacked. know what era she was in kind of went so it was like the warrior kind of that that era. would have been around like 2009 2010 gotcha gotcha yeah. yeah yeah pulling up to mickey d's just for drinks oh yeah that's me Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The savings rock when you find a new way to roll. Like sharing the ride to work. Even if you're commuting just a few days a week, Commuter Connections can match you with others who live and work near you. It's easy and free. Plus, you can get cash and other rewards for carpooling, up to $600 a year. Get rolling on a new way to work with Rideshare. 
Register today at commuterconnections.org or call 1-800-745-RIDE. That's commuterconnections.org. Some restrictions apply. I also think it is interesting in this time period where she is being put into such a box that there's like, there's Lipsha. She's also writing songs for other pop stars because she's put into this box. She's like, okay, but you can't control what I do with other people. So she's already like nosing her way around because at this point in time is when she writes Till the World Ends for Britney Spears. And she was asked multiple times of how she felt about writing music for other people. And she absolutely loves it. She says, I've never been more proud of anything in my career. She said, it really solidifies me as a songwriter in the pop music world, which is what I consider myself first and foremost. So it actually is really, really exciting for me when I hear Britney sing it. Like when I hear my own songs on the radio, I have to kind of turn it down or change the radio or whatever. When I hear that, I fucking blow the speakers out and I order everybody to dance. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, um, uh, for Warrior, uh, Iggy Pop's album, The Idiot, was one of the album's biggest musical inspirations. She actually, like I said already, she got Iggy Pop. I forget the name of that song, but it's a fun one. I really like that. It's about how, like, love, dirty love or something like yeah. that. And uh, it's so fun, and it just sounds like they're having a blast in the recording studio. It's, like, a little cheesy, but it's just got such a fun... The whole album has a fun rock and roll vibe to it. Kesha said, I wanted to show how people can have a preconceived notion about somebody that's not necessarily accurate. No Nobody has to adhere to any boundaries, especially me. So I wanted to give the finger to anybody who thought I was a one-trick pony. And she also wanted to bring in the fact that she plays guitar. And she wanted to shred on some guitar for the album. Uh, Even though she does say something along the lines of, like, Dr. Luke, he, like, really shreds. So he played most of the guitar in the album. I think there's some of my guitar in there. But she did eventually get to do that. And you hear a lot of that rock and roll influence on the album as a whole, which I think is cool to just say, like, yeah, I'm not just party girl pop music. I mean, and also, I don't know how she how well she plays guitar, but it could have also been him just, like, telling her she sucked and then what, not allowing her she to plays, play She plays guitar. in her live shows on stage. Like, she plays legit guitar. Yeah, no, he was, he's, yeah, I'm sure he's being a complete piece of shit. He's like, no, I can play guitar. You gotta listen to my guitar song. And, and I bet he did stuff like, today I'm talking in nothing but a British accent. And everyone like, goes, gonna, we love you, we love you. We love you, you Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's annoying. So, yeah, the, also there's a song about getting sexy with a ghost called Supernatural. I love it. Uh, which is based on a real experience, apparently. And the uh, uh, there's a song called Past Life, I believe, that she did do a past life regression that was very important. She believes she was JFK. Yes. She does think she was shot in the head in a convertible at one point in her past life. Honestly. Yes. That's fine. (laughs) Uh, Coinciding with the album release, she put out an illustrated autobiography called My Crazy Beautiful Life. There's also a documentary series called The Same Thing. It ran on MTV for two seasons, followed her on the Get Sleazy tour. I need to go back and like watch more of it. I didn't realize that she shot all of it was shot by her brother. And it was shot over two weeks. I mean, it was shot over two years. And um, she, they had so much footage, they wanted to make a documentary of it, but they instead sold it to MTV and turned it into a television show. Mm-hmm. And she said, the documentary is not a product of me wanting to shock the world. It was more I wanted to show all sides and I wanted to show the true story. Because with the media, the way it is with people, they can just make up stories and they go viral. And it's just not true. So I wanted to put out a series that's the truth and comes from a person who's close to me and only has my best intentions at heart, which is my brother. But also because we're so close, he can catch everything. He caught all the drama, the tears, the high points, the makeout sessions, the family stuff. He caught everything on film. 
It's a really special relationship we have. And I think you're going to see that in how much genuine material people are going to see in this documentary miniseries, which will also show in this time period, which, again, I was not too familiar with Kesha in 2012. But this is around the time, even though Perez Hilton, two years earlier, had promised to stop cyberbullying celebrities, (laughs) in 2012 is when he released a sex tape of Kesha with a past partner of hers that she had nothing to do with. She did Uh. not know that she was being filmed at the time. And all of that is chronicled in the show. And so imagine all of this is going on. And again, we will get into next time of what is really going on with Dr. Luke and all of that other bullshit. And then to have a fucking sex tape relief. But then there's also all the interviewers at this time period being like, So you really had nothing to do with Uh the leak uh of the sex tape. How disgusting. Yeah. How How disgusting is that? Who gave Perez Hilton the... The dude that shot it that sold it to him. See, Yeah, that wouldn't help her career. That doesn't make any sense. That wouldn't even help her career. The dudes who did these things, nobody was considering this a sex crime, but it is. That is a form of a fucking salt because they did not consent to that shit. It is gross. You should not watch well, sex tapes of people who said they didn't want them out. Now there are revenge porn laws, yeah. at least. Yeah, but now. St- now there are. But this was before then. Yeah. And so all of this That's shit repulsive. is happening and leading up to, like, so she's like on a high. And then what do you do? Everything around you is kind of falling apart. I can't imagine. And everything is in the spotlight. And so she's not as high up as Britney was in 2007, of course. Even though this is five years later, it's still a fucking issue. And this is 11 years after that, and it's still an issue. So in, Fun! So in 2014, she ends up checking into rehab for bulimia nervosa. Kesha said, The music industry has set unrealistic expectations on what a body is supposed to look like, and I started becoming overly critical of my own body because of that. I felt like people were always lurking trying to take pictures of me with the intent of putting them up online or printing them in magazines and making me look terrible. I became scared to go in public or even use the internet. I may have been paranoid, but I also saw and heard enough hateful things to fuel the, that paranoia. So she spent, it was just two months. She's been two months getting healthy again, going to therapy, which was tough at first. She said she barely spoke in her sessions with her therapist at first. She eventually came out saying, I feel stronger now. She removes the dollar sign from her name as well and said it was her taking back her power. And actually started writing her next album at the center. A friend brought her a toy keyboard. Actually, her boyfriend. Her boyfriend. Did. It was her boyfriend. I want to talk about him. Sure, please. I, I will say just about the toy keyboard before we get into him. Uh, she had to convince them to let her use it for like an hour a day because they're not supposed to have anything, any external objects because for like suicide prevention needs and things like that, and use that time to start writing this amazing next album, you know, Rainbow, and it's kind of miraculous and incredible. And she says. You know, that it really is what helped her during that time, that little toy keyboard. Yes. And that taking the, which as someone from the outside of like taking the dollar sign out of her name was huge for her. And she said, I let go of my facade about being a girl who didn't care. My facade was to be strong. And I realized it was total bullshit. I took out the dollar sign because I realized that was part of the facade. It was a journey and I'm happy. That was me in that part of my life. 
but then I turned a corner, but I still have a fucking tattoo of it on my hand. I'll have to figure that out. I mean, that's, <laughs> I think that's just, I think that is growing yeah. up. Yes, it is, which, but I like that she spoke to it and, and explaining, like, yeah. I'm not going to put this under the rug. This was a part of my, uh, absolutely. Of my growing no up. Absolutely. There's no shame at all. That's totally. part of being a person. Yes. And her partner, uh, Brad Ashenfelter, who is not on social media, he is oh, not nice. a part of her, like, he is not out. He doesn't, you know, he's not in the world of entertainment at all. That's great. And everything that I read, he just seems like the sweet, like, a good partner for her he seems that he is a stable person that truly adores her but also is a very accepting of who she is in their open relationship he's also uh hachiman wow wow wowie wowie but we don't need to do that they were introduced to each <laughs> no, other I'm through Kesha's silas strong beautiful he's, man and that kesha would, that would you hold yeah, her yeah, in yeah, his arms long hair and just oh mamma mia <laughs> And Kesha wasn't having it at first when she was introduced by Kesha's stylist because he was facial hair free. And Kesha is a huge facial hair enthusiast. Hmm. But she said it was pretty much love at first kiss. She said, then he kissed me and it was the nicest kiss I ever had. I was like, wow, you're such a pure soul. Holy shit. And I knew from that moment, I got to hold on to you. Um, She has since come and then he is the one that brought the toy keyboard for her and would sit while she would work on music and would color while sitting next to her. She said, he's a sweetheart, but he also lets me be me. You know, I'll call him and be like, I had fun tonight. I met a sweet girl and we had a really good time because they have an open relationship and she's openly bisexual. And he'll say, cool, babe, love you. It's so nice. In the song Kinky on High Road that she wrote for him, it's about how anything is fine as long as we're honest with each other. That's the understanding we have. A kinky understanding is what it's called. As long as there are no secrets, no lies, no hiding anything, let's just have fun. I have both male and female energies, and so does he. He understands that me being attracted to a woman has nothing to do with my attraction for him. He knows that I'm just a wild spirit that needs to run free, and that I will always come back to the barn for apples from my boy. I <laughs> She's called him a horse. Their she just called him a horse, though. I will, I'll also, ride him like a stallion. I'll tell you what, right. look at a picture. Lord, that, yes. was def- that was the time, too, when she wrote that uh, hit song, From Punching Dicks to Hugging Dicks. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, yeah, she yeah, said, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hug that dick, Hug it'll that make dick. you smile. Hug that dick and stay a while. Yep. It's a dick. Oh, it's a country dick. ballad, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, yeah. yeah she's, sure. she's starting to do the turn yeah. into country yeah. with Rainbow. So, Rainbow is what she was writing. These actual song Rainbow is what she was writing on the toy keyboard. There you go. Stroke that shaft and squeeze those balls. Yep. Hug that dick till he goes. Yep. That's, oh! That is the song Rainbow. Okay, so the thing we're going to skip this week, uh, but I will just make mention of it in October of 2014, so the year she gets out of rehab, she sues producer Dr. Luke for sexual assault and battery, sexual harassment, gender violence, emotional abuse, and violation of California business practices over their decade-long working relationship, and that takes her out of commission for a couple of years. Uh, And of course, obviously, she's going to be writing songs during this time, but she's not performing, She's not, you know, she's she's healing, I think, but during she this time signed, and fighting this fucking battle. Yes. And as opposed to what Mariah Carey did when she was under the thumb of someone, she's like, fine, you want me to make the fucking albums? I'm going to put out like three albums a fucking year until I'm done. She was writing and working on other things, but didn't want to give him the fucking satisfaction. Yeah. Yeah. And so she was waiting for the trial to show that she didn't have to make another album. And we will see that that fall 
falls upon deaf ears next episode. <laughs> but with this, and what I do love, so what does she do instead? She writes a bunch of songs that are like, I'm doing this, but fuck you. I fucking hate you, and I'm going to use this then as therapy. And that is a very beautiful, strong stance to take. Oh, of course. Yeah. And um, she does eventually come back. Of course, we'll get to the conclusion of the trial next week, but... Despite a small performance of her country and classic rock influence band Yeast Infection that performed in Nashville in December of twenty December twenty third, uh, her first real big return to the stage was at Coachella in twenty sixteen to perform with Der- German DJ Zed on his song True Colors. Then she covers Bob Dylan's It Ain't Me, Babe at the 2016 Billboard Music Awards. And she goes on a worldwide concert tour called Kesha and the Creepies Fuck the World Tour. (laughs) That runs for a year starting in mid-2016. And uh, also, she has 22 new songs under her belt at this point. And uh, she records on her own, and she gives these 22 songs to her label. One of those songs was Prang. Prang was a collaboration with Ryan Lewis, who first hit it big as Macklemore's DJ. Yes, we will be talking about Macklemore. Oh, thank God. <laughs> this one of the I'm just I was like, oh right. Remember Macklemore? Oh yeah, baby. Um, but you know what? Whatever. I mean, I think I'm not a Ma- I'm not a what does he call his fans? I'm not a Mackie boy. Hey, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. A Macklemore? I'm, I'm not a big Mac. Macklemore. Oh, I'm not a Macklehore. I'm not a Macklehore, uh, which is of course, yeah, it's problematic. I'm not a Mackle sex worker, is what you have to call it. <laughs> Now, Thank you. But uh, <laughs> yes, either way, um, so Ryan Lewis, this important figure for her upswing in her career, Lewis had a rough version of the song. He was looking for a female singer to perform it. It was actually his wife who suggested Kesha. Kesha finished it in just two days. I think it was like a, a, a shell of a song. She put in all those really meaningful lyrics and things, I believe. And she does. She she finishes it with Ryan Lewis. It becomes, uh, it was Ryan Lewis, right? Yeah, she finishes with Ryan Lewis. It becomes a big statement about the obstacles she had to overcome. Kesha said, I have channeled my feelings of severe hopelessness and depression. I've overcome obstacles and I have found strength in myself even when it felt out of reach. I found what I had thought was an unobtainable place of peace. This song is about coming to feel empathy for someone else, even if they hurt you or scare you. It's a song about learning to be proud of the person you are, even during low moments when you feel alone. It's also about hoping everyone, even someone who hurt you, can heal. Well, and that's something that she's very open about, which that line when um, I pray for you at night, because she's very open about the fact she's like, I do pray for Dr. Luke. I, in her own way, because she is a very spiritual person, she prays for him to find some kind of solace, to realize his mistakes. She prays for him to heal. And that is, again, a very strong, scary stance to take. Mm -hmm. And, oh, God, watching the praying performance is um, truly beautiful and what is something that now in listening back to the album Rainbow and realizing that this is the first time she ever got positive reviews of her singing and as much as they were hits like her other albums were hits she said the first couple of years it was really hard because everyone said that I couldn't sing I would put music out oh she can't sing I thought that's actually one of the things I can do She said, Rainbow was the first time I'd put it out there in all ways, but especially vocally. I was the executive producer, so I got to be in charge of exactly what my vocals sounded like. They were not auto-tuned or digitally messed with and chopped up. I wanted to make sure that I showed off my voice. I got to do that, and my soul was satisfied. But she even does say, 
I know I'm not Mariah Carey kind of vocals, but I can sing. Oh my god, yeah. be- Step I mean, vocals. I fucking teared up when oh, I was just watching yeah. her live performance. Oh, yes. of Incredible. Uh, the also the rainbow itself. The name of the album is a symbol of hope. She said it's no coincidence that it's also the symbol for the LGBT community. I've always just found hope in the bright colors, and I wanted to bring that more into my everyday life. Now my house is covered in rainbows, and my life and my body. I have like ten rainbow tattoos. I go to the tattoo artist, and I'm. It's like a rainbow something. Uh, <laughs> that's actually what they have. Um, they are not, I, I don't, it doesn't seem that she and her partner are officially married, but what they did do was go to get tattoos nice. together. They got skulls with rainbows coming out of the mouth that's of the beautiful. skulls together. Get. Uh, the song woman was actually inspired by turd fucker Trump's grab him by the pussy comments. Catch this said, I was screaming in my car about being a motherfucking woman out the window, pumping gas, screaming. I think people were like, woman. I think people were like, she's fucking crazy, but I was Try not to forget the melody. (laughs) It is a song that I, it is one of my go-to songs of when I am feeling rough about myself, I will listen to it and just scream. It's awesome. How cool would it have been to see Kesha pumping gas just like writing a song? Oh my God. (laughs) You're just like, check please. Uh, (laughs) She also, to bring it back around to this, did a fantastic cover of Dolly Parton's Old Flames Can't Hold a Candle to You uh, that her her mother wrote, correct? Mm -hmm. And uh, Dolly Parton actually does guest vocals on the record, which is incredibly, incredibly She also got to work on this album with Brian Wilson and Pet Sounds was a huge was a huge I didn't know that. inspiration to her, specifically Pet Sounds. She said Pet Sounds was what influenced her the sound style of Rainbow, and that also actually makes a lot of sense. I love yeah. that. Uh, she said, though, about the recording process, it wasn't easy. She said, I dragged my body into my car, and I had my saint of an assistant drive me, or I drive myself the days I felt up, up to it, for about an hour and a half in traffic to a tiny little studio, and I would pour my fucking guts out. And I would lay on the ground and look at the sky and just weep or laugh or whatever it was, whatever the feeling of the day was. And that is how I made it through the past four years. That and with the support of my fans. God, she loves her animals and it makes me very, she's very, she's a very present pop star with her fans. She goes out of her way to connect. There was someone, there was a young person that was running a fan club of hers that had multiple cancerous tumors taken out and she called her four times the day of the surgery that oh. it was coming out. She, is, she tries desperately to connect with as many people as possible. She's got a necklace of their teeth. Oh my God, necklace of the teeth. But also, <laughs> speaking of that, she also wears her placenta nice. in a necklace. She said that's, she believes that it is a possibility of her gaining second sight, like being psychic. She said, I would be wearing it whether or not I was in the public eye. I'm just honest about the things I believe in. And then that's when she said, for instance, I went yesterday to a past life regressionist and he told me that in my past life I was assassinated. I'm pretty sure that I was JFK. But wait, so how do you preserve placenta for 30 years? Yeah, put in some juice. Yeah, I'm sure there's preservation. The you know what I mean? You did the, you, you know, in the science class, you had to cut the frog open. Yeah. Well, you know, they preserve it. They can put, put it in the freezer. Oh, okay. Uh, Ke- so science. <laughs> Kesha also science. said, yes. Kesha also said, this record quite literally saved my life. And man, did I cry watching the t- January 2018 grammar performance. 
Kesha takes the stage alongside Cindy Lauper, Camila Cabello, uh, Julia Michaels, and Andre Day, and Bebe Rexa, all of whom were dressed That's in white so cool. uh, in the white pant in, in the like suffrage yeah. uh, suffragette pa- pantsuit and everything, God, and performed so a powerful good. rendition of "Praying." After which, oh, they all embrace each other. It's so it was good. it was also the the you know the Me Too movement is like taking the whole nation by storm at the time. It was like just this iconic moment. Yes. And she, and it's impossible to not get somewhat emotional watching it. Oh, yeah. She said about it, I think it was a huge milestone in my career. And it was something I dreamt of doing since I was a little kid. Obviously, it was very different from how I dreamt of doing it. I never imagined singing a song like praying. But that's what needed to happen at that moment in my life. And I'm happy I lived through it. Every time I think about it, I get goosebumps. I have goosebumps right now. It's an experience that is so surreal. I'd be curious if other people feel the same. But for me, at least, it still feels surreal. It still feels like, thank God I survived and I didn't just black out. And that is something that she is, I think that it seemed that she was scared, obviously, of coming out for many different reasons. But part of one of those reasons was that she says, I don't feel as if I'm beholden to be a tragedy just because I've gone through something that was tragic. That's funny. That's <laughs> I'm in the middle of saying important things. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> she said, that's really important for people to know. You do not have to be defined by something that was done to you. Go ahead, Holden. Say Truth. it again, Holden. <laughs> I believe all women. Uh, <laughs> that is sexist. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, can I, how do I say it right? I like it. You uh, can't say any of it I would right. like to mention, there is a little mini documentary called Rainbow the Film. Uh, I was able to find it. I forget where I found it, but it, it was on like Vivo or I don't know what the fuck, but uh, it's online. And there's some really interesting, it's kind of one of those like, it's almost like part music video almost. It has like some of the songs, but there's some really cool footage in there of her right before going on stage on the Grammys, working with her vocal coach and and with the backing singers and just you just see how much emotional turmoil this song put on her how 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 big of a deal that performance was for her i mean and it's really cool to see how important a vocal coach can be not just for your technical stuff but also to like emotionally and spiritually get you through a performance yeah. like the way this guy works cuz you have to connect the voice to that emotion and um, working with her, it was really wa- awesome to watch this relationship that she had with this guy in, in, in putting on this performance. Really, really cool. Uh, but yeah, that's Rainbow. Uh, but we've got one more album to get through before we can close out this episode. And that's the banger-ass High Road, which I Man, fucking love I this love album, dude. I love this line. She said, I got my balls back. <laughs> I wanted a vehicle for happiness for myself and for the world. Yeah. And this, and it is... It's interesting to listen to Rainbow and then go right into High Road yeah. because she does openly say High Road and Rainbow are the yin and yang of my healing. The whole purpose of this record was reclaiming joy and it being okay for me to reclaim it, having been through all the things I've been through as anyone has gone through hard things in their life. You can be happy again. You deserve to be happy again. And you don't need to feel guilty about being happy again. At first, I felt really odd about it. Am I allowed to sing about going out, having fun, and getting fucked up with my friends? The answer is, yes, I can. Yes. Yeah, it's, uh, she said, so it's just me reclaiming my joy as a woman who's really fought for it and earned the rights to my voice and my happiness and just not being held in the corner as a victim for the rest of my life. That's not the narrative I want to leave as my legacy. So Rainbow is the, the healing 
portion, I think, like is the is the addressing too of the trauma. And yes. High Road is the like, I'm back, bitch. Like part is I'm, the freedom. Is I'm the still beginning that party girl. I'm still that. I'm still have that big fun pop but energy, and I want to keep free. bringing that to the world. Yeah. She's still actually not free. That yeah. she's making this music, and still, even though that she is, she can see the end in the future. She's, she's still not free. Free. She is. She had to distance herself from her work, which is a difficult thing to yeah. do. And Raising Hell is such a fucking God damn, banger. it's good. Uh, that she does with New Orleans rapper Big Fridia. Is it Fridia or Frida? Frida. Frida, uh, who does guest vocals and has this gospel influence to it. Um, on And also My Own Dance. Kesha said about My Own Dance, it kind of was my gateway drug into just being like, fuck it, I really like pop music, I'm going to write it because it makes me happy, and I'm not going to apologize for my love of pop music, and I'm not going to call it a guilty pleasure, it's just one of the most pleasurable things of my life, period. Speak, Kesha, I yeah. agree with you, I feel the same yes. way. Agreed. I do love, too, that apparently she wrote My Own Dance because of her brother, that she he really enjoyed her work on Rainbow, and that when she was working on High Road, a lot of it was just more towards country. And her brother called and asked why she wasn't making pop music anymore. And she said, I had to do some thinking about it. I guess I felt I just didn't deserve to be unapologetically joyous and happy. So the first crack at answering her brother's question resulted in my own dance, a floor-shaking reckoning with the public pressure to shut up and sing. Quote, the internet called and it wants you back, but could you kind of rap and not be so sad? She sings on the track. <laughs> I told her that the song makes it seem like she's flipping a middle finger to fans' expectations, even as she embraces them. She says, it was like, reluctant. Okay, fine, I'm going to write a pop song. And I ended up loving it. It makes my life happier by making happier music. Hell yeah. Love it. Uh, I have one more quote before we finish this out, but I think we've come... Close to the end of our, at least our first episode on Kesha. Again, next week, we'll just focus on the trial of Kesha. Uh, Jackie, Natalie, do you have anything else to say before we wrap this big old fun, freshly punched dick in? (laughs) I don't know where I'm going with that. I do. um, (laughs) I really enjoy, again, the positivity, the connection with the audience that Kesha has. And also, the, and I apologize that I keep kind of comparing her to the Mariah Carey story. Just it's similar, but very, very different. That, but in the same way, when asked if people often underestimate her, she says, "I think that sometimes in entertainment, people are not used to a woman knowing what reverb and EQ they would like on their vocal, or what guitar tone sounds good through what pedal." Hopefully, tides are changing. So where I've been dismissed before, I feel like I've worked through that with everyone, and now they realize that I do love to be hands-on with everything, which is what we saw with Mariah Carey. They didn't think that she could do the actual production side of it. She's like, oh, bitch, I know how to do all of it. I love that her first number one album since Animal was Rainbow. Yes! You know, the one that she did her damn self. Yes. And she could have done from the beginning. And I think Warrior, because she always talks about how she had a bunch of songs she wanted on Warrior, and and Dr. Luke wouldn't have it, and I bet that album would have performed way better if she had had the control she wanted totally um all right here's my quote to close it out oh wait but i was gonna say i think she's a good representation of how we're gonna be in 2021 once we get this fucking yes and and her tour was canceled obviously as everyone else's was i'm hoping she i will be like front and center like getting a ticket to a show if if she's if she's performing near i like need that'd be fun show yeah right i need that live show like that that i was literally thinking about it while doing this research I was like fuck I want to see this this woman live um Kesha said 
Uh, and this is about, you know, fans and, and that being the most important thing to her. Nothing fucking matters, but if me writing songs makes somebody else happy, then thank fuck. If I can spread just a tiny sliver of the good stuff before I turn into manure, I think that's the goal. And I had actually, it's funny because I have the same quote, and it's from an interview where she had been stopped in the middle of the interview by two girls that like ran up to her and were like hugging her and asking her about praying and asking her about all these things. And when the interviewer was just like, do you get tired of all this shit? She's like, that's why I do it. Yeah. And I love that I love when that. she really, truly means it. And I it. believe her too, because yes. I feel like so many people, I mean, it's so eye-rolly so many times and everyone's just like, it's all about the fans. And you're like, it's not about the fucking fans with you, dog, but I believe yeah. it with her. Oh yes. yeah, I do, I do too. Uh, all right, that's our episode, at least our first episode on yeah. Kesha. Thank we'll you so much. We'll break your heart next time. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Yay. Hey, we, put, we saved most of the trauma and triggery stuff for its own episode. At least you can skip it too if you want, and that's fine too. Uh, all right, thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to uh, further support us, patreon.com forward slash Page seven podcast. If you'd like to check me out, I'm always doing some fun stuff with Jackie. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho on Fridays. It's so fun, and you're gonna not hate it, and everyone's gonna love it. And I, why did you, Jennifer? I put my arm around you, and now, nope. and you lean forward, mm, and you, nope. I never look back, girl. But I know you might have. Yeah, you've definitely never looked back at that. Yeah, no, you definitely don't bring it up all the time. This poor man. I wonder if this woman knows that you talk about her as much as you do. Hey, in the wind. I love you guys. My name is Jackie Zaprowski. Um, I'm not going to bring up any of my personal trauma right now, but uh, you can definitely watch some of my personal trauma play out on my Instagram. That is Instagram <laughs> at JackThatWorm. That <laughs> All right, Natalie. And now if Natalie you, tells about the Missing Women yeah, podcast. Like, if you like trauma. Um, I have a show called Someplace Underneath uh, that's out on LPN and any streaming platforms. And we just did a three-part series on Shelly Miscavige. And Hell we're yeah. starting a new one. Hell yeah. So, uh, check it out. We can also follow that uh, that show on uh, Instagram and TikTok. All right. TikTok. Love you guys. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks... Then, there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, have you heard the Virginia Lottery has a new Willy Wonka Golden Ticket Scratcher? It has a top prize of $100,000? Tell that to my automated Golden Ticket Scratcher apparatus. You simply put the ticket in here, and the machine scratches it for you. And while we wait, we can play the Willy Wonka Golden Ticket online game with a top prize of $1 million. Just visit VALottery.com or use the lottery app. That's one impressive scratcher apparatus. Use it whenever. What's mine is yours. But hands off the scratcher. That Willy Wonka Golden Ticket is all mine.